<laughs> Hello, everybody. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, it's UK Cowboys time. And always, as with me, is my compadre. There we go. I'll point the right way. Mr. Paul Stewart. How are we doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm great. Getting closer to the weekend. So, I'm always happy with that. And, of course, we have Living Legend with us once again. Uh, yeah, the great and powerful Brad Sham. How are we? <laughs> cheers, boys. No, cheers to you. Uh, how are you doing anyway, Brad? Uh, I know, obviously, you were as probably as saddened as the rest of us when the Cowboys went out during the uh, playoffs, but how are we? Um, well, I may have been more saddened because in the playoffs, I get paid by the game. So, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was this disappointing end to a really good season. Mm. I, I very strongly disagree with people who say it was a wasted season. It was a, it was a bad season. I didn't hear any of that in October. <laughs> a pretty good time. Very true. The season yeah. is all encompassing. The season is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Unquestionably, the end was not good. It was disappointing. And they may look back on it as a time when they had a good enough team, had they done some things differently to have had a memorable year. So that, in that sense, they, they lost an opportunity. Uh, yeah. But one way or another, the season always ends. Mm -hmm. The next one presents new challenges and new opportunities, and off we go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to throw any excuses out for the Cowboys right now, but you need to always, I think a lot of our fans need to remember as well, Dak just came back from a career season injury, coming mm -hmm. back. Zeke was pretty much playing injured all year. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of uh, uh, dips and dives throughout the season, but when you, like you just said there, like, as an overall collective, the overall season has been pretty successful. Our defense mm -hmm. is on the way up. Like, mm -hmm. the only thing we just need to kind of sort out is just the wee nigs and tiggles within our offense. Other than that, it's, it's almost there, so to speak, from a general perspective. Well, Paul, you know, Paul, I would say two things. One, it... If if I'm just looking, I've got the season chart here, game by game. So when they uh, went into their bye on Halloween, uh, and by beating Minnesota, at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, they were six and one. And at that mm. point, if you had said they're going to finish uh, from six and one, they're going to finish twelve and five, they're going to win the division. And they're going to be out in the first round of the playoffs. Would that be acceptable? Almost everyone would have said no. Not at mm. six and one at Halloween. But if you had said coming into training camp, they're going to be twelve and five. They're going to win the division, and they're going to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, most people would have said great. Mainly for a lot of the reasons you said. Yeah, what yeah. caution is that you, you, last year. In the NFL has increasingly little to do with next year. And this is going to be a different team. They had 21 veteran free agents, and they can't sign all of them because they don't have the salary cap room. Yeah. That's very difficult decisions to make. And I know we're going to talk about the draft, but I will tell you um, before we even get to that, that uh, it, it's really kind of, just an exercise to talk about what you want to draft until you know what you have. And you're not going to know what you have until we get through free agency 
uh, and see what you have lost, retained, and added. Because that will change what you are looking at wanting in the draft. And that's really what the next, uh, I would say, two months is going to be all about. Yeah. So I've got a question straight out the bat for you before we get further down the road. Um, so my first question is, what are of the priority free agents going out? What are your top three players? Just the top three so far. So before I think, uh, Mike, before you can even get, you're talking about of the of their 21 free agents. Yeah, exactly, yes. Before you can get to that, you have to, and this is what the front office is doing now, uh, the, you have to decide about some players who are not free agents, mm-hmm. but who are impactful on the salary cap. Two who come immediately to mind are Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper. Now, yeah. no one in their right mind yeah. would say that they would be a better team without those two players. 100%. But that's a costly couple of players, and you have to decide. You have to take into account age, productivity, uh, what else you need, what else you have. Mm-hmm. And, and so before you can answer the question about who your top priorities are to sign, you have to figure out what you're going to do with players like that. Now, having said that, I'll try to answer your question. I mean, for me personally, I think Randy Gregory is a very big priority. I think 100%. it would be be hard. Now he had some injuries and he, he exercised some questionable judgment uh, in the San Francisco game and a couple of other times during the year, but I thought he had his best year as a pro. I think his best football is still ahead of him. So for me, he'd be a priority. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that um, I'm not sure my next priority wouldn't be J. Ron Curse, mm. who had a, a, a just it came out of nowhere to have yeah. the year that, and he became a leader. He was more than just a good player; he mm. became a real leader, and that's one of the things that no one would have predicted yeah. during the signing period, during OTAs, during training camp. Nobody knew him. Mm. The players might have known him. The coaches might have hoped they knew what they had. But I think that he came out of nowhere and surprised them. And that is a really impactful player, especially the way they want to play. And uh, especially because I, I don't I don't know that Leighton Vander Esch is a player that they're going to sign or be able to sign. So you're going to need a linebacker. You're going to get Jabril Cox back. But you really play with two linebackers a lot of the time. Yeah, and, and that's partly because Curse serves as kind of that hybrid linebacker yeah. safety yes. that so many yeah. teams are using. So there's there's two. Now, I think there's a there's a list of for the who's third. Well, <laughs> uh, is it is it Dalton Schultz? I, I don't know if that's the position where you put the money. How about the yeah. the All Star punter Brian Anger? He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. How about Lawrence Armstrong? Yeah. How about and then there and it just there's just a long list of them, but you know Vander Esch is certainly one that you would talk about. You would talk about. Uh, Carlos Watkins, who I thought played a, a role. Yes, he did. Well, he was an overlooked player. In fact, most of those safety, if I'm not mistaken, the guys who got playing time at safety, <clears> except for <throat> Donovan Wilson, they they were all one-year contract players. They were, yeah. Was one year. 
Yeah. And, and uh, Damani KZ was one year. I'm not sure Keanu Neal at linebacker was. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was. He, yep. so he all is, of yeah. these guys are to me. You throw them in a basket. I, I, I would. I think that Schultz will just be too expensive. Schultz is probably the best player of the bunch, but mm. I think we'll just be too I'm expensive. with you there. Yeah. Wait, wait. Then I might try to prioritize Armstrong because of so many different things that he does, as well as anger. Um, but but that those are some of the issues that they've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of major that you mentioned like the Dalton Schultz there. Like I'm now kind of thinking this like after seeing the senior bowl and seeing some of these tight ends are coming out this year, it's like, you know what, we could really get a really good cheaper option here. Like mm -hmm. like in the fourth and fifth rounds, like one of the guys that really stood out for me was like Cole Turner, for example. Like mm -hmm. I, I thought I thought he really impressed me, but whether we'll get him, we don't know. But I think you're right. Like I think Schultz is going to be more of a lesser priority in in terms of like so, um chaos and obviously when our, I and I totally agree with this is number one priority is Randy Gregory because yeah. I think because I think because we've like when you look at overall we've actually already already invested in Gregory through his personal troubles like there's that investment we've put in him we don't want him to go anywhere and plus I think and this is just me I'm not thinking because I know Randy or anything like, but I'm just kind of thinking psychologically here it's like a, a team that's helped me through thick and thin how's another organization going to treat me that way like you might not have that same support group so to speak right and, yeah. that, and i do yeah. know randy and i think those things will be factors sadly at least from my point of view um the decision makers in those circumstances are frequently the agents mm -hmm. who are governed mostly by the money and it's not always we, we lose sight of the fact that the agent is supposed to work for the player, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. But it's I think that the points you're making, Paul, are really valid. And I think that they are kind of hoping that those will come into play. And, and perhaps Randy says to his agent, you figure out a way to keep me here as long as they make a representative offer, which I yeah. think they do. Be, I think they will do. Because of all of the things that, that you've just mentioned. You know, the tight end thing, another thing about that is that uh, um, before you even get to the scouting process, you sit down with your doctors and you talk about the players on your roster. So what if Blake Jarwin is back yeah. full health mm. with Sean McEwen? They had a kid on the practice squad who played in one game who they liked. You do have Jeremy Sprinkle, who's also a free agent, but he won't be that costly if you decide yeah. to keep him. Yeah. And there are a lot of those, I, I do think, maybe second or third day draftable uh, free agents uh, in the draft. And that's one of the reasons I just don't think that Schultz will be someone that they'll want to commit the resources to signing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree as well on that one. Yeah. And what, what's really annoying is, yet again, the Cowboys have drafted a tight end Developed him and then released him into the NFL world. You know, it's not a position that they um, that the league really highly values. You have to have you have outliers like uh, Kelsey in Kansas City. Obviously, Gronkowski is a freak of nature, <laughs> uh, but but they're Gronkowski, especially, is kind of old school. Um, a guy like Kittle in San Francisco as great a receiver as he is really helps them the way he blocks. Yeah. 
And so most of them, most of the guys that you're talking about are guys who are big receivers. And um, that, I mean, that's why Schultz, there aren't that many of them. That's why Schultz will command a lot of money, but I, I think they may be a little more replaceable than uh, some of the other pieces that they have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to add on top of this. When you mentioned Sean McCune there, like after seeing him, what he did in that Raiders game and Thanksgiving, I thought, you know what, like, like, I think he will actually may have a more like role to play going forward, especially when it comes to like like going to training camp. I think you may be one of those surprise names that will stand out. You missed a lot of time with an injury, but you know yeah. they. I think they looked at him as another Jarwin. <clears throat> and I think they went into the season thinking that uh, they weren't really worried about Schultz being a free agent because they had Jarwin and they were impressed with McEwen, and then Schultz put another terrific year on top of the one he had in 2020. And then Jarwin got hurt again. So suddenly their roles kind of reversed, but I think that they're, they'd be in decent shape if Jarwin was healthy going into the season with Jarwin and McEwen and whoever else is going to be number three. Yep. Yeah. So here is a a controversial subject. And then I'm going to ask you a question, uh, Brad, because you might be able to answer it better than anyone else here. Um, one of the topics that is starting to find its way dribble into the, the Cowboys narrative is drafting a quarterback day three. Now, would you see that as a, a, a feasible option or do you think that there's bigger fish to fry? Oh, I w- I'm almost always in favor of drafting a quarterback day three. Ron Wolf is a Hall of Fame. Uh, there we go. Uh, administrator who used to do that in Green Bay, and they had mm-hmm. Bart Starr. I mean, they had uh, Bart Starr. I'm going back too far. They had uh, no, Starr and Aaron Rodgers, and they were still <laughs> drafting quarterbacks. There was mm-hmm. there was a period of time there when they had Favre, they had Mark Brunel, they had uh, Hasselbeck who wound up playing in mm-hmm. Seattle. I mean, they had they draft one every year, and yeah. uh, I'm I I don't think Ben Benucci's a guy who's going to necessarily be an NFL quarterback. I think they're okay now with Cooper Rush as the backup. I think he showed he can function, but I'm always in favor. I don't think that's very controversial, actually, Mike. I would always be day three. You know, I think the fourth and fifth round, um, you want to make sure you use those choices wisely. But if there's Mm -hmm. a decent quarterback in the sixth round, uh, absolutely. Absolutely go ahead and take. Okay. So leading from that question is, uh, something that um, we got asked earlier on in the week, and thankfully you're here, so here's a good time to ask it, is um, Dak, obviously last week for the Pro Bowl, actually turned the offer down, right? Some people are making a mountain out of a molehill, I think, but one of the, 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 the two sides which you'll be able to answer is, did Dak uh, decline it because he was actually dealing with that calf injury he had um, after the bye. Was well, that actually more significant than what the Cowboys were leading on? Or is it a fact that he injured himself last year? He had to go through rehab. He had to go through uh, training, then training camp. Then obviously there's all the in-season training and the games. And was it just a case of it building up too much for him to then go, yeah, I'll play a Pro Bowl as well? I think there's a chance that the calf bothered him a little longer than he let on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was a factor by the last by the fourth quarter of the season, whenever that was. Yeah. I don't think it was a factor at all. And I just think he was tired. 
And he just said, you know what? Thank you, but uh, let me rest. I've, I've, had a, I've had a long year and a half. Let me rest. And I'm not mad at him for it. Uh, no, to, no, to, no, no, no. To, to be quite fair, I think after witnessing the Pro Bowl this year, he would actually be relaxing anyway, regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a yeah. joke in there somewhere. Really, the Paul, it's, a, it's, less than the, it's less the game than mm. it is the, you know, you go out there, you have appearances, you have mm. responsibilities, and he just wanted to rest. He needs rest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it was a question we got asked. The second one was a comment that your very good friend, and I was as well, Brian Broadus has made this week, that he said he'd like to see the Cowboys trade uh, Amari Cooper to the Jets, and then we use that first-round pick to take a defensive end. Well, there are a lot of other details. I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to that, but there are a lot of other details that would, uh, that would go into that, um, salary cap. How does the salary cap, uh, fit with it? Uh, the jet, where, where, which pick is the jets pick? The, is it third? Uh, I've got very hard. Further, further fourth, I think. Why? Oh. I, I'm not sure why the jets would do that, <clears throat> but, um, let's, just for the sake of the conversation, say they would. Yeah, fourth. fourth, fourth pick. I don't know why the Jets would give up the fourth pick for uh, Amari Cooper right now, unless they think their offense is one wide receiver away from being able to contend in that division. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I let's just say, for the sake of the conversation, the Jets were willing to do it. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Because I think if you, there's some really good defensive ends in this draft, and and um, I would say the Cowboys can use one, whether they have Lawrence and Gregory or not. And if they could get one, now you got a guy for five years if he's the player for you that you think he is, because you you go ahead and uh, use his fifth year option in the third year, yeah. and so that was something that was financially doable and the Jets would go along with it, I, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. Okay. Um, so we're going to lead straight into some draft questions for you. So the first one Keep in is... Mind now, keep in mind, there. this is all a meaningless exercise because you don't even know what's going to happen in free agency yet. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. This yeah. At the moment is just in a vacuum, if you like. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the one of the, the options that people aren't talking about, and as we said, everything right now is in a vacuum, so we don't know what's going to happen. What they'll do in free agency, which is coming up in a few weeks' time, uh, is obviously what would be when you look at the options available that will become available? Because the back half of the draft in the first round, certainly, it's looking quite pretty. We're going to be left with some options. So would you be in certain circumstances to trade out of the first round? Well, it depends who's left. I mean, um, mm -hmm. the good thing about keeping a first round pick is that fifth year of control. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're going to trade out, you have to both be willing to give up a fifth year of control of a player and you have to be really pretty comfortable that whatever it is you want at that stage, wherever your board sits, is still going to be available when you pick. It's not simply a matter of, oh, I'll take, I'll take uh, 
two picks in the second and two picks in the third instead of having a pick at 24. That's all very nice, but where are they and who's who's gone, who's still there? Uh, what do you evaluate? So I, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of doing that unless you really don't think you have a great option. Doesn't yeah. mean you don't do it, but I'm not a big fan of it unless – unless you just don't really like anything that's up on the board. And it's like you kind of said there as well, Brad, it depends who comes in. Like, see if a team's like 10 or 12 places, they're going to have to give up a lot to move up that place for, for, in terms of draft capital as well. So see if it's a, I don't know, like a team that's maybe like two or three places, then they know that they've got a, a player they really, really want from the team that's just ahead of them. Like, so there's, uh, I don't know, like, I'm kind of like in the fence with it. If we do move out, then it's what you're just. I'm just kind of backing up what you're saying here, Brad. It's like it has to be if there's no option really there available, uh, it kind of meets our criteria what we need. Yeah, the, the thing about those trades, Paul, I think it's a great um, example to use to remember how they got Micah Parsons. Oh yes, so, it it wasn't just the two cornerbacks being drafted either of whom they would have taken. But they then had the the circumstances fall that the Giants wanted Devontae Smith. And the Eagles knew that, and they wanted Devontae Smith, and the Eagles were willing to trade with them and give up. They were willing to swap and give up a third-round pick for the Eagles to jump the Giants. That was what mm. that trade was all about. Mm, yeah. The Giants had decided that Micah Parsons had red flags for them, so they weren't going to take him. The Eagles wanted nothing but Devontae Smith there, and so the Cowboys got an opportunity that there was no way to know they would even be entertaining because, remember, they really wanted one of the two cornerbacks. Yeah, yeah. But as it, as it worked out, the cornerbacks are gone. The Eagles are willing to pay a premium to get ahead of the Giants. The Cowboys wind up with Golston as a bonus, and they that's get right. Mike Parsons. But you mm -hmm. can't predict that in advance. So those things—that's the—it's the same principle as what if you're talking about trading out of the first round. It just depends on what's there that you can't even imagine right now. Yeah, right yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of our demise, we actually helped Chicago out as well. Because obviously they traded with the Giants to get Justin Fields. Yeah. So yeah. there's that as well. So it's like we really put the Giants in a really like impossible position of there's no player that they don't see that fits their criteria so yeah it, it, it all worked out for us so yeah. no. I, I, it's just it's the knock-on effect as well because as you say they took goldston and obviously with that pick they strengthened the defensive line so they go well what should we do with the next pick let's go defensive back and they take nation right with the next one it all like you say you don't know how things are gonna unfold and as we said it's all <laughs> in a vacuum at this at this stage um but the next question that was in our mailbag uh that we wanted to to throw to you brad is given the issues last year with greg zerline how early would you draft a kicker if you were to do it i, I would i would i would be interested in drafting a kicker and you yes. know there was only one drafted last year mm -hmm. and he's kicking sunday for cincinnati yep yes. my, my uh, exactly. I, I, and he's been phenomenal he's yeah been so the question that that has to be answered between now and then is how they evaluate kicker. I know the kid uh, Dicker at Texas is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he, how he 
projects as a professional prospect, but um, once they do their due diligence, I think they see the importance of having a reliable kicker. And I don't know if Zerline is that guy anymore. He might be, but um, but I don't think that they have reason to be convinced that he is. Uh, I wouldn't use a real high pick. I wouldn't use a pick on Thursday or Friday for a kicker. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to using a uh, using a pick on Saturday for a kicker if you are convinced that it's the right guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking of Dick, I, I was saying in our group chat in the week because it was something that came up and uh i would say at the senior bowl dicker he was hitting uh 55 and 57 yard field goals in his practice but he was doing them at ease and so like i obviously not a longhorns fan haven't seen much of him so i asked the question and uh apparently he's a little hot and cold yeah i mean um, i've had, I've had a chance well yeah he has been but i mean i've had a chance to see a good little bit of him uh, over over the last few years, and I, I mean, I I'm aware of the fact that he's a pretty good kicker, but generically speaking, yeah, once they do their due diligence, I would absolutely be interested in drafting a kicker if if uh, the circumstances were right. Yeah. Okay. Going back to the vacuum talk, though, right, Brad Sham, you are now the GM. I'm you on. Are... The yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that after the draft, Brad, uh, and we'll try and get you a pay rise. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have the 24th pick in this year's draft. Brad Sham, you're on the clock. Who are you taking? The best football player who's there. Uh, yes. It, it, obviously. Oh, okay. I see. No, it's going. not obvious because nah, people, no, 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 because yeah, yeah. people uh, especially in that uh, vacuum in the Twitterverse, mm. <laughs> uh, on the boards, they like to say they need a defensive back. They need a safety. They need an offensive look. No, you need the best football player who's there. Mm -hmm. Exhibit A, C.D. Lamb. Yes. They weren't looking for a wide receiver. But one of the best players on their board presented himself, and you take that guy. So what you hope is that the positions that you've prioritized match up with the players who are left when you draft. So mm-hmm. I, I think they need a couple of offensive linemen. I think they need a defensive tackle. And by the time we get to the draft, they may need a defensive end. Mm-hmm. I think they need a safety, or they're probably going to need a safety. Uh, <clears throat> I think a linebacker would probably be a pretty good idea. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you just can't have all of those things. So I'm unwilling to tell you who I'm going to draft until I know what I need and, and what's there. Now I'm seeing a lot of the names that people are putting up here in the chat and, uh, and they're all good names. Yeah. I do like the center at Iowa. Um, I'm not. Lenderbaum. But yeah, but if you look at the projections right now, so far, all we've had is the senior bowl. We haven't had the Mm -hmm. combine. We haven't had the pro days and some of these things will change. Uh, but, 100%. but you'll see him right now projected, depending where you read it, anywhere from 10 to 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. I I happen to love the nose tackle at Georgia. Yes. Oh, yes. Now you're talking. And now he's a guy who might be a two-down player, but maybe not. 
maybe he's a three down player. He's not going to be a pass rusher, but he may affect what you do with your other personnel. But I happen to love that kid uh, as a player. I don't know him, but uh, I just think the I, I'm really excited about him. They've got a linebacker. There's a couple of linebackers. There's some really good offensive linemen. There's a kid at A&M, pretty good. Uh, there's there's two or three tackles. A and M, of course. So let, let me see. Now they might all be gone. Yeah. So what? Gone. So how you, could I possibly say who I would draft? So going back to the A and M talk with Kenyon Green, is it the uh, more the 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 solid play or versatility that you look for? At, because offensive line is up and down the line, and and Kenyon Green has done all of that. He's played no, everything bar center. I, I'm looking for a plug and play guy, Mike. I mm-hmm. want a guy. Now, I I like the fact that he can do multiple things. Yeah, and there are they have a long history of moving guys around. You know, uh, Flozell Adams was a guard for a year before he became a Pro Bowl tackle. Larry Allen's a Hall of Famer. He played about four positions. Uh, yep. Tyron Smith played both right tackle and left tackle. So versatility is a good thing. And in the last just two seasons. We've seen the injuries that they've had necessitate uh, the ability to move offensive linemen around. But I'm not going to take a guy at 24 or elsewhere in the first round because he's versatile. I'm going to take a guy who I think can step in and play and excel at one position. And if it turns out that he's got versatility, what they call position flex, then that's just makes him even more valuable, but that's not what the, the, that's not what I'm looking for is the reason I'm going to draft the guy. I think we've just lost Mike temporarily at temporary there. I hope it's temporary. I hope I didn't offend him. No, no, no. I think he's basically, he was, um, we're trying to do a new segment on the show where we're showing uh, college football highlights, where we're talking, discussing the player. And I think it's just run a bit of technical difficulty. So yeah, so yeah. Paul, as we were discussing before we went on the air, as as we both know, the last time I was with you was the day that Mike became a father. That's right. So I, yeah. don't, I don't know what other surprises he's got in his life going on. <laughs> that might have taken him away. Oh God, I, I hate. Well, I hate to imagine I, he's going to be spending the weekend with me this weekend for the Super Bowl party for the UK Cowboys, and uh, we will talk talk about that later, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, but yeah, so but like so the the draft for me, like I totally agree. Like, like see if I was given the like, here's the scenario for me. Like, if ideally, I would love to get Kenyon Green from Texas A and M. But if a player like the Kobe Dean is sitting there, like a linebacker, like, and it's a position that we do need, and, and this guy, you can drop him in and he can play right off the bat, I would not be mad if we picked him. I would not be mad. No, Paul, that's a good player. But yeah. and, and here's the thing that can change it. I'm just making all this up right. Oh. Oh. From we got lost. another freeze. We got another freeze. We think we've lost Mr. Sham for a wee second here. There we go. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, we'll, we'll get him right back. Um, he's obviously having the same issue I did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you were talking about linebackers, Paul. If you want to continue hitting that. Yeah, like, I mean, there's... I've done a couple of wee example mock drafts so far, yeah. and, and there's been options where... Kenyon Green's on the board, Linda Baum's on the board, and mm-hmm. you've got and you've got Nicobe Dean, and who's the other linebacker that is really highly touted in the top t- top 
like within the top ten. Uh, top but, ten, you got off-ball linebackers like Joe Joe Dorman, Christian Harris, um, Chad Moomer, who was absolutely flying in the senior bowl. He's absolutely rocketed um, at my rankings. So um, that is somebody else to look for. But yeah, I know what you're saying, and especially when you look. You see, for me with linebacker, it's more of um, I want to keep uh, Micah Parsons doing what he does best. So in order to do that, I need the other linebackers around him to do some of the dirty work. Um, yeah. yeah, and get in amongst the mess, basically, and not get yeah. lost in the mess either. Yeah, it's it's trying to, like, like maybe, like, not trying to insult anyone's intelligence here, or anything like that. I'm just trying to like explain to our listeners, like, yeah, like, offensive line is a desperate need, but when you've got a, a guy that could potentially even cause even more of a big impact, what Michael Parsons did, mm-hmm. it, it would be dumb enough not to say no. But we know in likes of the second and third rounds, there is plenty of guards that are going to be available. And I can't remember, I think it's, oh, what's the name of the the team oh god um, <laughs> just so you're aware brad has just messaged me his uh computer decided to do an update oh wow <laughs> oh no he said uh standby powering up so okay, okay. yeah we'll have him back on ladies and gentlemen uh, <laughs> but I- i'll get the name of the player i'm talking about uh in a wee second uh who are you talking oh here we go he's back in the room he's back there we are we're all having technicals here mate now what well one of the things i have on my uh to-do list here it takes me a couple of weeks to decompress after the season yeah i bet Uh, well now i'm out of the decompression and now i have among my uh, chores is to clean up my desk so I had stuff piled up without knowing it on the power cord, which pulled out of the computer oh. and it lost juice. Oh, man. <laughs> now we're back. Now we're back. So, if it makes you feel any better, my computer decided to just have a brain fart a moment Yeah, ago. that'll happen. Uh, no, so, sorry well, about well, that. I, what, were we, what was I what, – I was about to say something brilliant. That's the shame of it. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait. You always say something brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad, so, what, yeah. What, what were we talking about exactly? Uh, we, we were talking oh, about – Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So one thing we don't know right now is what if they – and this could happen. What if they wind up for whatever reason without both – Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. There we go. Micah Parsons now might become a defensive end, whether you want him to or not. And I don't want him to. No, I think he's too valuable doing what Dan Quinn did with him last year. Mm-hmm. But those that's why free agency is um, something you have to go through before you get to the draft, because you might uh, do some things. For, so that Cooper trade that you were talking about before, Mike. Yeah. Something happened like that. If they if they felt like we can't pay Lawrence what he's making, we'd like him at a lower number. He doesn't want a lower number. Okay, we're going to have to release him, and uh, they can't sign Gregory. Well, Parsons is a good pass rusher. He may have to be a defensive end, and then maybe you have to make Broadus's trade with the Jets. But those are all things that will that will play out. But they're things that might come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we was just talking literally as you were away there about linebacker, and I, you, you literally re-emphasized the point I was making that 
you, you've got to look at defensive end and linebacker because you want to keep Micah Parson doing what he does best. But that's what made me think of it when Paul was talking about the Dean kid. Yeah. Yep. So if something happens and you feel like you need um, Parsons at least for even for a year, that you need him to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Now you hope Jabril Cox is going to come back and be a good player for you. But yeah. now if, if that were to happen, then linebacker goes way up on your priority list. Mm-hmm. You decide that Parsons is a guy you have to have spending most of his time rushing the passer. Yeah. Yeah. I, while you were away there, Brad, what I was kind of saying to Mike is just like, and I'm trying to like, like let our listeners say it's like, some people might kind of react negative to the idea of drafting a linebacker in the first round. This is well, you need to kind of bear in mind, like we do, yet yeah, the need for offensive line is definitely there. We do need it. But what I'm trying to say is, is like you can still, there is some good players in the later, in the second and third rounds. And I was just about to mention the names like uh, Zion Johnson, Dylan Parlam, and Marquise Hayes. Um, who respectfully from Boston College, Memphis, and Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. uh, and those guys, like those guys, they can actually drop in and do their job. Um, and uh, and I know, Mike, you've done your research on them quite extensively. Oh, on most of them, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we don't need to show Brad my uh, my draft. Oh, board yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he doesn't oh. need to, he, he'll, he'll instantly hang up and he'll think we've got mental problems over here. So, uh, well, we have, but we don't want to prove that. Well, uh, well, uh, Valenti loves the idea if Dean is there at 24, do it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the, the cost of saying best player available game. That's what I think. Like, uh, like, because who knows like if we were to do the whole trade with Amari Cooper we might get a better player like like here's a nah weird scenario what I'm kind of thinking here if we do do the whole Jets trade and we move up and now there's the need for potentially now a wide receiver so does that mean we need to get draft a wide receiver in the second and third rounds and that as well there's like so many ins and outs and it's literally as a, a like Picking Max pretty much. Oh, and he's going again. Yeah, but Paul, I think you do have to draft a wide receiver somewhere. Uh, I, 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 I agree. Probably I on Friday because uh, whatever you have with Cooper, uh, I mean, the the likelihood of having Cooper, Gallup, and Cedric Wilson is minuscule. And yep. and Gallup, you maybe you hope you can have Gallup for another year while he rehabs his knee in the offseason and then sign him to a one-year deal and, and let him go out and make his money next year. But you've got Cedric Wilson, who's a free agent, and you've got Malik Turner, who's a free agent. And so you're going to have to have another receiver. You're going to have to draft a receiver. In my opinion, you're going to have to draft a receiver, and probably Friday would be a good place to do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the only other thing uh, that was cropping up that some people were talking, and I disagree with this sentiment. Is they've all a lot of people are saying the Cowboys don't need a cornerback. I disagree because I think you can never have enough cornerbacks. What do you think, Brad? I think you can never have enough cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah. I, do think, I do think that, uh, I mean, Diggs obviously had a lot of interceptions, but he's got to play better, he's got to yes. play the rest of the game better. But I think he will. There's no mm-hmm. reason when you look at his first two years to think that he won't be a good player. There is reason to feel very good about Kelvin Joseph over what you saw of him at the end of the year. 
and and you still have Anthony Brown and mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis. So, Nation Wright. But you need six. So mm-hmm. if you find a corner now, and then there's Nashawn Wright, and I don't know yeah. what he is. We'll find out. True. Uh, but he's but yeah, if you if you find a place to draft a good cornerback, absolutely, you always need cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, would you would you be willing to take one in the first round though? Depends who he is and who else is there. You know, last yeah. year was a great example. They had Parsons rated as a better player ahead of on their board, ahead of both the cornerbacks that went to Denver and Carolina. Yes. But not enough difference. It's not like in the case of Lamb the year before where he was like the third or fourth player on their board and we're talking about pick 17 or whatever it was. Mm. That's a lot of difference. That's a gap that you don't want to ignore. But mm-hmm. um, if if you – last year they they had Parsons ahead of both cornerbacks, but not enough to pass one of them up given what their need was, what they yes. perceived their need to be. So you, you might have a similar situation. You might have a, um, a player at a position – where he's not your highest need, but you have him way better than where he currently sits or the other way around, you know, you have a player a little higher, but you don't need him as much and you've got someone close to him and you have a bigger need at the other position. So those are, but you won't know that till drafting, but would I, would I, are there circumstances under which I'd take a cornerback in the first round? Sure. There are. Okay. Here's a question for you. Um, does Brad Sham have a pet cat this year? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, because pet cats, as we came to understand them uh, in the Parcells era, could not be a guy who was the first round pick, somebody everyone knew. Like like last year, I was all about Parsons from the beginning because I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now, as I say, I really, really, really like the nose tackle from Georgia. Uh, yeah, now, Davis. when we get a little closer, let's get past the combine. Let's get past pro days, do a little more studying. Uh, then it's time for a pet cat. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's where you lined up. You've got to see the, the, the test in first. Then. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that because it separates the men from the boys, as they say. Um, so obviously, um, the senior bowl just happened. Anyone in particular in that game that caught your eye? Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay, there were some offensive linemen there that were yeah. pretty good. There were some. There were some defensive linemen from smaller schools. Mm-hmm. There was a defensive end from from a smaller school who I can't remember exactly which school it was, but he but he was. And there was also the guy from Penn State who had a couple of really explosive plays off the edge. What you have to do is make sure when you see a guy make some plays like that, that he that's how he plays and yeah. not like a flash play. Literally just wrote about him today before we came on live. Yeah, there's he he looks like a good player, but there I mean there was yeah. a number of we like with offensive linemen, Mike, you'd almost have to go back and look at the tape and watch yes. every play and yeah. see how they played. You can't do that watching the telecast. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that one. Because what surprised me is I was quite low down this year on the just the defensive lineman on a hole. And I watched the senior ball and I was like, oh, hold on a minute then. Okay, a little bit wrong here. Um, 
you know, like you say, I, I loved uh, the um, Arnold Eberkerti you're on about from Penn State. Um, we did a post on him just before we went live. Um, literally is in the top three amongst defensive ends in the Big Ten in most statistical so categories. Let me stop for a minute. This, the, the crawl that's running under us right now is showing uh, the Purdue kid third. Okay. Uh, yes. That's the that's I don't know whose mock this is, but that's so I've seen him anywhere from there to twenty. Mm -hmm. So if you really like him and you're at twenty four and he's there at eighteen, then that's when you get on the phone. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I can get the reasons why people would have him so low, being the fact his run defense is, is particularly bad, um, and it's all about trying to stop the run in in, in today's game. So I, well, I get that particularly bad. Then I don't want him, but I don't. I think he's. I don't. It, maybe it's just that it's not as good. He's not as good a run player as a pass rusher. But how does he project? What yeah, yeah. Oh, as a pass rusher, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, in terms then of a defensive end, because, you know, if they're on about trading Demarcus Lawrence and we don't get Randy Gregory back, what is it you look for then, if you like, in a defensive end? What's the, what's the main categories you want? You know, one of my least favorite terms in professional football today is edge rusher. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, one of Demarcus Lawrence's uh, greatest attributes is his ability to play the run. He's one yeah. of the best run players I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And they have seen quite enough over the last uh, few years of teams running wild against them. And there's very little more demoralizing in football than a team running it on you all day long. Yeah. So when I look at a defensive end, uh, I want a guy who obviously you want a pass rusher, mm -hmm. but I also want a guy who can play the run. If he's a one dimensional yeah. player, I'm, I'm going to look somewhere else. Okay, interesting. So, and that's the priority for you to to hold up at the point of attack, is what you say. Yeah, saying. you have to. You ha I mean, you have to do two things. You have to hold up at the point of attack, and then you have to be able to get rid of your blocker when you're rushing the passer. Okay, I'm going to keep an eye out and see who, who the best. Uh, I mean, most of the, the the good guys, if you like, are going to be beyond our reach. You know, like you're talking about the Aiden Hutchinsons and the Kayvon Thibodeaux. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get those types. Here's of this. Here's the crawl again. It just showed Jordan Davis at four. Yes. Yeah. I, and I've seen him anywhere from four to twenty. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, he's, if he's at twenty, if he's there at seventeen or eighteen, I'm on the phone. So you would trade what him? I, I want. I I have thought, and I I'm a I'm a big Gallimore fan. I am mm -hmm. a Odigizua fan. <laughs> I have been for years saying I want some big space eater in there. In the middle. Who will take up three guys. The year they drafted Vander Esch, the guy I was hoping they'd get would be Vita Vea, but he went yeah. several picks mm -hmm. ahead to Tampa. That's the kind of guy I'm looking for, and I'm not sure Davis isn't that guy. Yeah. Uh, and here's ironic is last week uh, we had a, another content creator on uh, Jake Tuck. And one of the things we said is in terms of defensive line, three tech, we seem to be fairly solidified. We're quite happy there. But it's the middle guy that we're looking for, that that, that defensive, that one tech. And, and you've repeated the same thing. And John Davis was the immediate guy that comes to mind because of his, his run stopping ability, which is just like he blows everyone out the water in terms of that. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big A&M fan, as you can tell, and he's even better than the next guy down to Marvin Leal. Um, 
you know, he's by far the best guy. So you're saying that you would be willing to even go up from 24 as high as 17, 18 for a guy like Jordan. Depends Bain, on the cost, but uh, if he drops down that far, that's how they got Emmett Smith. Very they true. They weren't looking for Emmett Smith, but he kept dropping. And then they looked at what was available and they then they said, well, maybe we better reevaluate this. So if you now it depends on whether they like him as much as I do, but if they do, and he gets down that far, then you know it, it, you can't move up from twenty four to four. That costs. <laughs> yeah. But you can move up from twenty four to twenty. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they don't issue out the Outland Trophy winner uh, to guys who, who who just are willy nilly uh, no, defense. I, I think know? he's a good player. I I like what I've seen of him. Yeah. So going back, mind you, then to the uh, Brian Broadest trade we spoke about. What if they used Amari Cooper to go up to 18 or even higher to 14 to get a guy like Jordan Davis? Depends, on, depends yeah. on the money, depends on what else is is in the draft. If you if you are using Amari Cooper mm-hmm. to go from 24 to 18, then you're doing it for financial reasons. Yes. So okay. that and if you're gonna and if you're gonna do something with him for financial reasons, you have to find a trade partner. And um, and and then I don't know if you don't try to get up higher than that. Hmm. All right. You got anything there, Paul? Any other nifty ones for you? Or do you want me to keep going on? I was just about to kind of like just like look at the other teams just ahead of us and see whereabouts we could be. Like, there's the Raiders. They could do a new wide receiver. Yeah. Well, that's Uh, where he was. I don't know if he's going back there. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Would he go back? Um, I, do you know a type of team uh, no, no. who I think could take a guy uh, uh, like Amari Cooper uh, is the Chargers? Uh, they're sitting at 17 right now. So mm, uh, uh, um, there's the they same. What, the, what, what's their contract status with? They've got Williams. They've got. Uh, both go in. Both uh, go in. Wow. Ke- Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both free agents this oh, season. Oh, well. Then maybe, yeah, and they land in that bracket of being able to get there. So you know, yeah, okay, I can see that one. And one of the things that annoys a lot of Cowboys fans is the fact that they don't draft safeties. And safeties in this particular draft are are kind of like there's a big drop off in the talent gap between roster. I mean, would you be? Uh, it's very difficult to say, as we say, because we're working in a vacuum here. But do you think then a Cowboys would go either first or second round and draft a safety and do something that we were completely unexpected? The kid at Notre Dame is really good, but he's going yeah. pretty high. I think so. So after that, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> it's clear that they have not graded safety as a position of priority in the draft and it's the mm-hmm. same guys making the decisions yeah so you i mean i think they like donovan wilson but it depends do they have they signed curse have they have they kept either kz or uh, hooker mm-hmm. and those are the questions that you have to answer i, I want to know who the safeties are they've passed over some good ones in the last <laughs> few years and You'd like to think if they, you'd like to think that they would raise the priority of a safety, mm. or at least the evaluation of him, so that when you get into the second round, um, do they see an available safety as someone who is attractive as someone in a different position? 
I, I like to think they would, but past performance would indicate not necessarily. Yeah, because one of the things I kept uh, saying, like, is Andrew saying that he would take free agency safety? But right. You know what? It, I love that. Tell me who. What's <laughs> for free agents? Yeah, I'm with you, but yeah, I can give you an option on day three that I quite like that you could get. Because bear in mind, you know, we're talking about Jaron Curse. Jaron Curse was, uh, I think, either a sixth or seventh round pick um, back in his draft. Mike, those are gambles. That's rolling uh, the dice. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's it, it's traits that you're trying to look for at that end yeah. of the draft. Right, and I've I, seen a guy who who is right. emulates Jaron Curse that you can get in the sixth round is Auburn Smoke Monday. And we spoke about this last. So, week. how do you know if he is how how that kid compares in the NFL to the safety they took last year, who was inactive every week? I know, yeah, because I, I'm 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 with you. I want Jaron Curse back, but I also want Hooker back because I like that center fielder. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We're not going to get every single person back. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there's going to be there's going to like. We're going to have to accept there's going to be a big, massive reshuffle that comes to the current roster before the draft hits at some point. Um, I mean... (sighs) You know, because we were talking about tight end. Looking at what's available in there, I absolutely love the the tight ends that are going to be available to you in the fourth round. Devin McCourty is a free agent. No, Okay. Mm. It depends. Well, older player, there's a kind of a there's a kind of a rule of thumb that you don't you don't pay money to old. Yeah, somebody um, else's trash. McCordy's been a really good player. McQuamo was the guy I was trying to think of a minute ago. How do, oh, you, okay. how do yeah. you know? Because I don't. How do you know that a safety they would take in the um, in in any round on Saturday, or for that matter, a veteran free agent who would be on a parallel of where they got curse. How do you mm-hmm. know that guy's better than McQuamu? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about Izzy. Yeah. And, and we, we, we actually really liked him in the draft as well. Um, uh, sorry. In training camp, you know, it was looking uh, like he could come on quite nicely. Uh, Joe, I think you mean t- is t- Tyron Matthew from. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, he, uh, you have to be careful how much money you spend. But yeah. Tyron Matthew would yeah. be a guy who would interest me. He's a pretty good football player. Would he be interested in coming here and playing for a year for whatever they can afford? I don't know. But, yeah, Tyron Matthew would be a guy who would interest me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, here we have Brian. Here we have him. This team does not give a damn about safety. And don't forget Reggie Robinson. <laughs> Reggie Robinson is gone. I know. Um, yeah. Is he gone? I thought they put him on IR. Well, Didn't they release him off IR? I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I thought they put him to IR to try and stash him like they did I, with. I, a, I think a... it's a little harsh to say that they don't give a damn about safety. I would. I'm a little more comfortable saying they haven't prioritized it. <laughs> but I do think that the landscape is changing. This hybrid safety becoming a linebacker uh, has mm-hmm. made just made the way you know. They did it first with Neil, who'd been yeah. a safety at Atlanta. Then Washington did it with Landon Collins. And obviously they did it with Curse. And so um, I I think that they, they may be looking at safety differently. The whole league might be 
differently than has been the case over the last decade or so. Yeah, when you look at guys like we got Jabril Cox, he's that that typical player you're talking about. Yeah, he's but I think he stays a line. He's a linebacker. He mm. was a linebacker and is a linebacker. Yeah, that off ball type. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we, we, we know you only got you for the hour and we're coming up to that. So the only thing we wanted to finish off with is to try and help put a debate to bed for us and then we'll let you go. Okay. Uh, we, we put a vote out at the start of the week and it was about Callum Moore that it's looking likely he's going to stay as a Cowboys that way. Fantastic about Dan Quinn. We said about him staying as the offensive coordinator. Um, 53% of the vote went to yes. But there is a considerable amount of people that are upset about, you know, his style of play, which is understandable. How do you feel about Callan continuing to be the offensive coordinator for a fourth year? I'm, I'm happy that Callan is there. I think uh, continuity yes. in the offense with the quarterback and the receivers is important. And at the same time, because sometimes two apparently conflicting things can both be true, I, I don't think he had as good a second half of the year as he did That's the first half of the year. Hmm. And I think that they have to address the uh, the way they have coached the running game in the offensive line. Some of those guys did not have great years. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, um, Tyron Smith's one of my very favorite players ever. He, he uh, always seems to miss some games because of injury. I think he's a Hall of Fame player still. His last game was not good at all against San Francisco. And that's another name that they may evaluate in terms of what they're paying him and try to decide at some point it's going to be, it's going to be a career for Tyron. I'm not sure it's yet, mm-hmm. but, but I'm, I'm bringing that up in terms of Kellen because I think that um, they have to really right right now. They have to make a real hard decision about what kind of a scheme they want in the offensive line. Yeah, yeah this How is what they're going to coach it. And do they have the players who can execute that scheme? Because I am firmly of the opinion that when you just put the five players that they had in the offensive line on a piece of paper and the five players San Francisco had in the offensive line on a piece of paper, San Francisco's five is not remarkably better than Dallas's five, but they sure played better and they played better over the last, not just in that playoff game, but over the last month. And I I really think that um, the the whole coaching staff has to look at itself. The penalties are killers and that is on coaching and the the offense, the offense did not adapt and adjust in the second half of the year, the way they have to. Yeah. And that is partly on coaching, the underuse of Pollard and Lamb, as well as occasionally Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's that that's partly on coaching. Now, I think Kellen is a really good coach, very, very bright and um, and will improve and has improved and will improve. So I yeah. was in the 53 percent who said yes. And I need him to be better last year than he was this year. Yeah, I, I'm because we're with you. We're not saying Callum Moore is perfect um, by any means. He's got some growing to do. He's got off-season to think about things. But I do think, like, bear in mind the Cowboys' offense even finished this season with the most points. They finished the most points per game offensively. 
and that's down to Kellen. Well, they, but we, they did, they did, but that's also down to. I'm just excuse me while I look at this chart because I know you. You go, brother. Week. That's 56 against Washington. Yeah, yeah. 56 against Philadelphia, both in the last month. Mm -hmm. 43 against Atlanta. 44 against the Giants. Uh, and and so what I need is 24 points every game, maybe 27. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or 50. Give me 27 every game. Don't give mm -hmm. me nine. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is crazy. And like when you think about that, it was the offense as well as the defense, mind you, in the Minnesota game that helped us get through a bad patch. And but, that's but, the here's the, but here's the funny part about this, and I know Paul agrees because I saw him throw his hands up in the air. You know, if you just look at the plays they called that were executed, yeah. they were more than good enough. Yeah. But the penalties took mm -hmm. the results of a lot of those plays away. Yeah. David Hellman had a great piece on DallasCowboys.com this week pointing out 53% of their league-leading number mm -hmm. of penalties was 53% uh, came on offense. Okay, that's not good enough. You yeah, cannot win that way. And so, the, so that's why I'm not so down on Kellen, because the plays that were being called, which, remember, frequently get changed at the line of scrimmage by the quarterback. Of course. Plays that were being called worked more often than it looked like because of the penalties mm -hmm. taking away some of those plays and putting them in, in an untenable position. And if they can't change that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and ironically, a lot of those penalties as well that conversely work with people's arguments against Zeke, if you look at some of his longest runs of the season, they were called back due to a penalty. Yeah, I could, I can probably take over a whole new hour talking about how <laughs> I feel about the, 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 the relationship with the offensive line. The way I'm kind of seeing overall, like if you were to summarise how their offensive line, and this is, it feels as though it's, a a steam train, but it's just losing out. It's cold right now. Like you're, it's not getting the reinvestment as it deserves every season. Like this, I feel like does does that fuses or does that communication gap that's in the middle of the line, where it's like, but I don't know how you feel about this, Brad. But I'm not trying to single out um Connor Williams here at all. Um, but he is probably the biggest culprit. Of when it comes to the penalties, for sure, mm. that that that's a fact. But mm. it's kind of been more evident when when we had Travis Frederick there as a centre, and we had Tyron Smith there. You didn't really see as much of the penalties, but you could tell you can still tell that he was still a weak line. But whenever a certain type of player is not there, it seems to be he's been really exposed. It's like it's that really comes to show how good Tyron is and how good Fedrick was to cover the like the left guard position pretty much, doing two jobs at once. Like I do, I know I maybe saying I'm really bashing on corner. Like I think he's like nice guy and whatever or not, but do you really think there could be But here's the thing, Paul. I don't disagree with any of that. I, I don't think you're wrong about what you're saying, but I would just challenge you to look at the right guard and the right tackle for San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. They're just guys. I mean, the left tackle is a probable Hall of Famer, as is Tyron, mm. and he had a better year. Yeah. The left guard was a first-round draft choice in Detroit. Who who is who's, He's a solid player, 
The center is a guy who was a really good player for a long time in Atlanta, and he's near the end of his career. The right guard and the right tackle in San Francisco, they're, they're guys. Yeah. They're multiple teams, not high picks. So that that's not any better than what Dallas is putting out there, but they play better. Yeah. Um, ironically, I've seen a statistic that with Trent Williams, a lot of people are saying best left tackle in the league. Um, and one of the Cowboys' biggest complaints about Tyron Smith is the amount of games that he misses. Trent Williams is exactly the same, mine. I've seen it that over the same time period uh, as Tyron Smith, Trent Williams is, uh, sorry, Tyron Smith has only missed three more games in that time period yeah. than Trent Williams. Yeah, we, you know, Williams missed like big chunks of two seasons. Yes. And Tyron has only done that once. And so it's with Tyron, it's like two or three here. And mm. that that's becoming a little that that won't get that won't lighten up too much because he's an older player. But I think he's still a really good player. And yeah, if, if, as long as I have somebody I'm comfortable with behind him, I'm not ready to put him out to pasture yet. But they have to have the next guy on the horizon. Well, is yeah, because that uh, that's the problem. Like a lot of people were saying last year, we're taking left tackle. Is my issue with it is I don't want to take a high um, draft pick at left tackle and see that guy, and all of a sudden Tyron Smith plays all seventeen games, and you've got that guy sitting on the bench for seventeen. Well, games. but look, they you can take a left tackle who you think is going to be your left tackle, and maybe he can play left guard for a year or okay, right yeah, tackle yeah, yeah, and move yeah. Lyle Collins to left guard for a year. I don't know, but the, you have that's what they have to be deciding right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yep. Lyle yep. Collins' future? What position is his best position? And what's out there? Can we? How do we move him around so that when Tyron is done, then we're ready to slide the next great player? To just go straight into the next guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's just something that me, Mike, and Brian, and everyone here at the UK Cowboys have kind of talked about. It's like, it's like, has our offensive line as an overall been put in the right positions? Like this season, like we could talk about like sort of Terrence Steele, who's been an absolute godsend in the right tackle position. Yeah. Like but from from last season, we didn't expect him to ha ha come in, plug in and play, and do such a good job when Collins was out. Like it took us all surprise. And when it came to the decision of um with the whole thing with Lyle Collins, it's like, do we want to put him back in? Do we want to keep Steele at right tackle? Why not put like and we knew there was the we knew he could play left guard because that's where he started playing for the Dallas in that position. Yeah, but hold on. Hold on there for a second. He did start playing left guard. But in 2016, when they when when Dak and Zeke were rookies, Collins got hurt. And then they put Ron Leary at left guard, who had outperformed Collins yep. in training camp. <laughs> yeah. And when Leary went in at left guard, that's when they took off. Right. So the fact that Collins, I, and I'm a Lyle Collins fan, but Same. when the yeah, fact yeah. That he has played left guard doesn't mean he is more than an emergency option to left guard going forward. He might be. I don't know. Yeah. But they have to decide that right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's just, I find it just kind of really comes down to it. It's like, I don't know. Like, it was like you could probably see the same scenario when it came to when we brought Connor Williams in for the start. Like he played most of his college career at tackle. Like if I, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Like it's like we brought him in as a guard. It's like we all kind of questioned. It's like is he 
tour is it undersized all that type of stuff or like, well, like I, think so I think they were concerned about his arm length to play offensive tackle in the nfl yeah yeah, yeah, because it, 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 it that's a big one with offensive line. But I'm um, looking at it. I'm so sorry, Brad. We have overshot your your time. Yeah, you know I, what it's like I when we get going. I know what time it is. I know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, a, we get Brad on, and we 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 can't help but just pick at that brain of yours that's just forgotten more than we'll know. So um, we will wrap things up for you, um, so we can let you crack on with the rest of your day. Um, we'll obviously do the final end in your sponsorship and all the rest of it. But it has been a pleasure to talk to you again. I soon. always enjoy it, boys. I'm sure we'll do it again before the draft. Hey, Hope. here's one for you. Here's one for you. Uh -oh. Right? Yeah. Jags, they've announced they're playing in Wembley this year. Cowboys, and they're the home team. Cowboys have Jags on their schedule this year away. What do you think? Well, if you're asking me my preference, just tell mm -hmm. me when the plane leaves. <laughs> I can't get there soon enough. But remember, there are one or two games in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Dallas is one of several teams that has the rights to Mexico. Mexico, yeah, yeah. So um I believe there's a game in Germany this year too. Yes, yeah, there is. Then, you know, that, 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 that is massive news, but I think that'll be three years of uh NFL Europe, so I'm familiar with I've done games in uh, Berlin, which is not on their list. Munich is on their list. Frankfurt, yeah. I've done games in Frankfurt. I've done games in Dusseldorf. I nice. love all of those, but nothing would please me more than uh, playing Jacksonville at Wembley again. That looked at that. Worked Just out. to warn you, if you come over, we're kidnapping you. Come on. Let's go. Just tell me when. <laughs> Just to kind of follow up on that, like, like yeah, yeah, the, the, with the Jags making that announcement, for them to move away from Tottenham Stadium to Wembley Stadium, that says something. Like we need to expect a big crowd, not, a, a big crowd that is yeah. going to generate a lot of attention. So the old, like I don't know who else is uh, the Jags have got in the roster, but the, the, obviously the number one thing would be us as the Cowboys. Just we saw the impact it did back in twenty fourteen. We Cowboys Nation completely took over pretty much all of London. Oh like, yeah, like easily, and uh, and that's how we got to meet. All you guys and had such a great friendship. That's been going for, for what? Over I'm ready. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we're trying to sell him a holiday. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> but but it, it just and and my good my good friend Dave, like, and when I was in Kansas City, like, so as you know, Brad, I was I was over in the states for the couple of games, and when I met up with Dave in Kansas for a couple of beers and stuff like, he's like, Paul, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I think. Cowboys are going to play Jacksonville and London. I'm like, I was like, Dave, do not do this to me. Don't do this to me. I was like, 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 don't get my, don't get my hopes up. <laughs> I hope you're both right, and I would like to underscore the part about the beers. <laughs> Mate, yes. If you're doing that, we will be having lots of beers. Yeah, absolutely. I hope, I hope that comes to pass. Oh, so do we, mate. We would love nothing more. All right, boys. To play host, but we will leave you to it, Brad. We know you're a busy man. So yep. uh, I look forward to being back with you soon. Thank you. Yes, well, I'll talk to you again um, over the weekend and yes, see sir. how you're doing, Brad. Very good. Thank you hey, very Brad. much for joining Thank us. Thank you, guys. Stay Take well. care, man. And the there one, we have it. The one and only Brad Sham, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Nobody knows more about the Cowboys than that man. Actually, it's very difficult. 
But we do have, in fact, more special guests. If we could show oh, you the guest yeah. list for the next few weeks, uh, it's been coming in thick and fast in Nepal this week. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's getting really, really busy. I mean, <laughs> busy. Like, I had to write the names down. I was like, oh my god, these are filled up quick. I'm well. I'm fighting. In fact, you know what? I think not just not just within our show as well, but just as as individuals as well. I have, do you mind if I make my wee small announcement? Yeah, go on, go for it. Um, so, uh, so I, I, I so I, I don't know how I'm going to say this actually, but basically, um, I've got a new podcast coming out with SB Nation. And and I'm going to be co-hosting. Well, I'm uh, going to be co-hosting with the one and only Meg Murray. So, Yay. so uh, and the the show is going to be called the World's Team. And International I, podcast for inter, yeah, yeah, for the fact that uh, it's for, for blogging with the boys. Yeah, you're, you're you're right. Yeah, but it's still under SB Nation uh, blogging the boys. So. Um, which is RG Ocha, our good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of let, let everybody know. Uh, the first show is going to be out on the 20th of this month, yeah, after the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl, that's when the first episode will come out. So yeah, be, be sure to go and, go and check it out when it comes out. But yep, so it is called The World's Team, and mm-hmm. yeah. But let's uh, but see I'll, how we get on. But 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 other than that, though, Mike, I think and just in gem, terms of like international NFL in general, it's been a lot of news. Like you, we just mentioned Munich, and I and we talk, obviously we just said to Brad Sherman about the whole moving the stadium to Wembley uh, to Wembley for Jacksonville mm-hmm, game. That mm-hmm. that is massive. Like I I think we should I should. It do, says something. It, it does. It really does. Mm. And. They wouldn't do that if that was the case because Jacksonville played Tottenham last year, they, they, and and obviously we well the other other years and that there was uh, I can't remember but history on my side but but the fact is it's like why would they move to a bigger stadium and that just when says, when the White Hart Lane actually is supposed to have rights exactly the that's the thing they must have had must have paid off the rights. To the stadium and to, uh, to, to just get, go there, yeah, and just, hoping then the, those extra tickets that they sell will cover the cost. Oh, oh no, they'll, they'll still make more of it for to, to oh, be yeah. honest. You, you would think, depending on what the, the, the cost that we don't know, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, and, yeah. And and the other big news, and I think this is a fantastic news, especially with the, the local scene in Germany, their football scene is massive. And and as you know, my you used to serve in the uh, the air force. Uh, the, the the air force was it the air force, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like like, and you know, they like in Germany, they have a big, massive U.S. presence there. Oh yeah, and, big. And, and, and American football in Germany is massive. Uh, like even back in the NFL Europe days, you had Frankfurt Galaxy, Rain Fire, yeah. like. Yeah. But those teams are still existing, but not as a professional level anymore. But still, mm. though, but the, the, the scene in Germany for American football is massive. And we saw players. They did start another league that started last season. That's right. But, but, but we are starting to see some German players. We've seen several German players over the years making it to the professional transition, like Moritz Boringer, who got drafted by the Vikings yeah, quite, a couple of years ago. So there's. The Cowboys had one on their practice squad a that's few right. years ago. I forget his name, though. 
I think he was the same guy that was it, it was on uh, Atlanta as well, I believe. I'm trying to remember uh, his name. It'll I come can't... to me once the the show's finished. <laughs> yeah, it always but... happens. But <laughs> but here's a crazy one as well. Not just about Germany. Is um how many fans in the NFL there are in the Netherlands? Oh, I know, I know. The the Dutch love it, and I whenever it's in London, I always stop into a group every I, time, I, and just like again. <laughs> I, I I know a our good friend of the show, uh, Joe. Or from Italy, Italy, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I, I know no games in Italy. I, I, I know, dude. But, but think of it this way: like, it's a lot closer to you. As uh, maybe not exactly be in Italy, mm-hmm. but think of the beer in Italy. No, 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 in Italy, in Germany. In sorry, Germany. I, I, oh my yeah. god, sorry, I got my, I got mixed up. But it's, it's in Munich, in the Allianz Arena. Mm-hmm. Beautiful stadium, beautiful mm-hmm. stadium, big and too. It's massive, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I think if, if depending on what the game is, I wouldn't mind making that trip over to Germany myself. Depending on what the mm. game is, something Just, different, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but here's one for you, Paul. Talking of meetups. Let me just uh, remind oh, everybody. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, ho, 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 ho. and uh, yes, that is this weekend. So make sure you're coming down. We are going to do some giveaways. We're going to do uh, some prizes and some raffles. And it's all going to be going on uh, for you guys. Um, I can't wait for it. Uh, and me and you actually are with Jamie on Saturday night as well. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, Hopefully uh, we don't get too drunk and miss the Super Bowl on the Sunday. Yeah, like even if guys, even if you're here early in Glasgow, um, just give me a wee shout. Um, me, Jamie, and Mike are going to be here. Uh, we're going to go out for a couple of drinks in Glasgow Saturday night as well, the, mm-hmm. the night, night before the Super Bowl party, uh, at a walkabout. Uh, if you want to know any more details, please get in touch. But uh, but but up on that, but please also please go and check out our fellow content creators. From J Talk Cowboys fans only, uh, Jeff Reinbold, um, Star Gang, Star Gang, uh, blogging, blogging the boys, SB Nation, who, <laughs> who, who, I'm, who I'm now proud to say I'm part of now. Um, a hanging with the boys, big name James. Like, please don't, please go, uh, please go and check everybody out. They do some fantastic work, giving you Cowboys related content and more. Yeah, and obviously as well, um, just talking to Hanging with the Boys, we've got Shannon coming on in March. They're one of the guests, giving names away here, but can't give too much away. Paying bills as well, guys, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, Cowboys Experience, if you're going to a game next year, make sure you book with Cowboys uh, Experience. They have game day tickets, meet and greets, tailgate parties, and entire packages for all your needs. And if you book it and you say that we sent you UK Cowboys, what happens, Mr. Paul? You get free stuff. You get some free stuff, man. Well, just before we go, I was like, have fun yes. on Sunday. So, for ladies, so have fun on Sunday. I wish I was there. Go to Gloucester Club and Weymouth. Nice, mate. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Don't though, you worry. We take worry. it everywhere. Don't worry, mate. Next year, uh, uh, we're think we're not too sure what we're going to do next year. It's way too soon, but we, we, we will be. <laughs> it will be in England. I think I'm safe to assume. We'll make club. our way down. We'll make our yeah. way down. Yeah, yeah. so. We'll, we'll try and make it. We'll, we'll figure something out for next yeah. year. But we had to do a Scotland one because people in Scotland always complain we never um, include them in London to Scotland. It's a long trip. Well, plus it's cheaper. It's cheaper up here. So, 
Well, mate, I, all I can say, I, I keep trying to push you to have a cigar with me on Saturday. I am going to get you there. I am going to get you there. You might get me there. In fact, I may actually have it Saturday night. I might... <laughs> yes, peer pressure. But um, that is it for this week. We will see all of you guys for Super Bowl Sunday if you're coming down to the party. Um, like I say, we'll do all the giveaways and gifts and all the rest of it. Maybe even put some money behind the bar. Who knows? Um, but we will see you either there or next week, next Thursday, where we have another guest on again. And uh, we're going to look at day two options uh, for the Cowboys. But that's it from me. I'm going to let that's, Paul. That, that's the fun one for me, I think. Ah, and then we've got a mock draft coming up as well, then. Yeah, we're, um, we're with our good friend J-Talk. Yep. Yeah, he's coming back. So uh, it's it for me. I'm going to let Paul sign us off. See you all again next week or Sunday, guys. Stay safe. Uh, it's a goodbye for me. Have a good one. And uh, if you're coming to the Super Bowl party, we'll see you then. <laughs>